Welcome to the Big Ten on Radio Boise, KRBX 89.9 FM Caldwell, Boise. And we have a very special edition of the Big Ten this week. Radiothon edition. (laughs) Yes, it's Radiothon week two edition. Uh, So everybody get your pocketbooks ready because we're going to be begging for money for the next hour. Uh, In the process... No, we don't beg for money. We invite people to join us in supporting community radio because it's something they love and care about. Am All I right. right. All right. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna vehemently ask for donations. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> so we can fix the air conditioner in the booth and keep this place running. <laughs> there you go. All the important things that keep your radio host happy and and gleeful on this show week in and week out. All right, that's good. All right, so uh, now to actual uh, things that we're going to talk about the show, but we're going to start out with some news, and one of the most interesting news stories this week was one of the Disney heirs uh, basically came out and uh, called out the the CEO of Disney and said, look, you make too much money. Um, We pay you a lot. You're not paying the employees anything. Like, this isn't fair. You need to do something about this. So what was y'all's take on this story? Yeah, I thought it was really fascinating. I was a little confused at first. I'm like, wait, who who is this? Who is talking? Um, but yeah, and so part of her proposal that that it's one of Disney's granddaughters. Oh, how old is this person? Uh, Do we know thirties, forties. Okay, okay. Like I, I mean, yeah, I don't know for sure, but she's. Looks like she's been out for a little while. I don't know. Out? Like out, out of the womb? Yeah, out of what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Jen's out, question has thrown me off. I'm so out sorry, Out of the everyone. cryogenic freezer that all the Disneys move into at a certain... <laughs> I don't know. She looks like an adult. <laughs> okay, that's, all right, that's good. I'll good. accept that. Okay, so she's an adult somewhere between 18 and 52. Sure. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> um, and part of her proposal is that 50% of um, executive bonuses should go to the lowest paid employees. So to redistribute, not necessarily using salary, but the bonuses. That seems like that seems a little radical. Uh, that seems like it maybe just make a little too much sense for us to actually pursue <laughs> as a society. Wait, do you do you think it makes sense for for reals though? Like, is that um, what what is the ill that that solves? Is well, it? So her point was, so the the CEO um, currently with um, other stock awards and things makes over sixty million dollars a year, Ooh. and so I think her thought is, okay, what look, can one person do with that much right. money? Like yeah. that's a lot of money, and you know, like Disney has grown, and, and also that Disney is a massive company, right? With their acquisitions of Marvel and Twentieth Century Fox, they are producing a good chunk of the entertainment we consume, and so that they can afford to actually pay their salaries well or their employees well but and i'll counterpoint because that's what i do best on this show uh that 60 million dollars spread across disney employees like what does that equal out to i mean is it is it like a couple of dollars on every paycheck i mean does it actually come to any meaningful sum um so to speak yeah or is it more symbolic more a sense of like uh we value you we care for you this consolidation of wealth in one person is absurd yeah, that's a good question. What does it really mean in practical terms? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, I think uh, Jeff Bezos still takes a dollar salary, um, but his all his, but he makes you know million, tens of millions um, in bonuses or whatever. And so you know, ask like what actually translates out to this, and whether or not it's going to improve the actual economic conditions of workers. That's fair. That's fair. I think one thing that she brought up was that they have a good number of workers at minimum wage in their parks, and that um, and this is minimum wage. You know, the federal minimum wage there in states that in 
Florida that have not been raised higher, and so that the, those are people that and we know it's hard to live on the minimum on a minimum wage, and so that they should make sure that all their employees are enjoying the success of the company. I mean, I think the other thing we can think about is that it seems like increasingly folks who have that much money are also able to, um, a a colleague of mine in communication, Ron Green, has this idea called money speech. And it basically means that in in an age where there are just so many billionaires with so much more money than any one person could ever spend, they can exert a significant amount of influence and power in the political system. And so even if they were just being selfish and hedonistic, that seems excessive. But most of these folks are also big sort of power players in, in politics. So that could be another reason for this to support this kind of argument. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, largely uh, why we should talk about the story why it's interesting is because it really dovetails with some other things that, that have been going on um, in politics and really the, the conversations about wealth inequalities, right? Mm-hmm. That there is more and more billionaires, but there's just this growing elite class, right? That is just very separate from the rest of us. Um, well, and sorry, it also makes me think of some of the discussions about Walmart, where by not play- paying their employees beyond federal, like the minimum wage, they actually cost the government more. So they are like, they're being subsidized by not paying their employees more, which would be another argument for why, you know, like maybe instead of the government helping that the company should be paying its employees decent amounts. I mean, it does play into the um, national conversations we're having, Luke, around, um, which maybe you were headed this way, but um, around like sort of Uh, I think in particular presidential candidates on the left. Mm -hmm. Um, Bernie Sanders comes to mind. I think uh, we learned when he released his most recent tax returns that he is now a millionaire and yet I think has been one of the most prominent voices on the left arguing uh, against uh, sort of the 1%. So it's really interesting question Mm -hmm. about what what that means to have so much money. um, Yeah, and I mean the power. And again, we all live in America. We know what things cost. But I mean, it's getting expensive to live. And I think that entire idea of wealth inequality, it hits home here in Boise. Um, And I'll say like, I'm a professor. My wife is an attorney. We're looking to buy a house. Um, And it's it's definitely interesting. In Boise? Yes, which is a shocking proposition. and when you imagine two people that with uh, postgraduate degrees and and good jobs that are professionals that have worked hard, the house that we can afford to buy versus the house that we think we should live in are very very different things. Um, and that's that's an interesting part where you have these people that have worked hard and done all the right things and played the game. And yet they're not living up to the economic lifestyle that they think they should or, or maybe that our, our parents and our grandparents got to. Um, and that's that's something very real going on in America right now. Yeah, I've been talking about this with my siblings. We uh, have kids around the same age, all of us who are getting ready to go to college. And when I went to college, my parents, of course, said you have to get scholarships to go where you want to go. They weren't going to foot the bill. On the other hand, it still felt like I could probably have lots of choices in all of us. Uh, siblings who, yeah, sort of middle-ish class, upper working class, um, our kids are all going to, you know, go to the local university, which is a very fine university, by the way. Uh, But because we would like for them, you know, to be able to live at home, for example. So I think a lot of those sort of elements of the post-war American dream that many of us took for granted when we were growing up, at least in my generation, are not always uh, available anymore. Well, and that connects again to kind of some of the discussion going on within the Democratic Party and that Elizabeth Warren kind of following up on some of Bernie Sanders' 
proposals about doing away with um, student loan debt and because it is making it difficult for younger you know people coming out from college to buy a house um, other type you know other types of um, you know just kind of that normal adulthood that feeling that of mobility right? yeah yeah Absolutely. I think um, a lot of folks today, like in Gen Z, I guess it is, feel stuck. But and then there's interesting pushback that some like, well, I paid it off. Like I I did it. You know, I did it appropriately. Why can't you? And so there's some really Mm -hmm. interesting kind of discussions happening among that type of topic. Yeah. And I I saw something the other day that basically said that um, I guess the the generation between mid-20s and mid-30s makes less than what they did 20 years ago Uh, just because of inflation and a lot of other things like even though that incomes have risen their their spending power has gone down and so like these things were like oh i did it you know 30 years ago are much different for our generation and what it means but also you know what those uh, expenses are Um, things like uh, insurance um, cell phones internet and while we might not necessarily think of those as needs and requirements i mean they are part of being in a normal social environment these days and if you don't have them you're very much left behind um and so world the world is just a very different place today than what it was for sure well and these are the types of discussions that we love to have every week here on radio boise it's always a highlight of the week i think for us to get to come and and um, talk to each other bring guests in to interview which is really one nice benefit of community radio Um, so um, while we're here we request that you you help contribute to this amazing station that we have Um, if you want to donate you can call the station 208-258-2072 or go on Line, it's easy to give there, radioboise.org. And I will say, in addition to giving you back our amazing vocal stylings, <laughs> uh, we also have a little swag uh, uh, bag from the School of Public Service at Boise State. I don't want to tell you everything that's going to be in this extraordinary gift bag, but uh, one of the things that I'll tell you in this segment is a bento box. And I don't know if you guys like bringing your leftovers to work like I do. I I do that every day. Um, But I use my bento box every day. It's awesome. It's got these sweet little compartments. So maybe you're like a a 13-year-old boy and you don't like your different foods touching. You can keep them separate. Uh, So that is one thing you can get. And listen, any amount is welcome. You can call and give $5. You can call and give $10. You could give a recurring donation. If you want it, it's super easy. Set it up with your account, 10 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, and you will go into the drawing for this SPS, School of Public Service, Boise State swag bag. And let's be clear, the goal this week is to beat last week, which, <laughs> listen, and how much gin did you, I, how much money did you raise last week? Listen, I was here with Beth Markley, and we did amazing commentary on the fire at Notre Dame. <laughs> and, but how much money did you raise so we know what and our goal is? We also talked a little bit about the college uh, uh, admission scandal. It was really good. And, and, and Okay, we had zero, but uh, this week we're going to beat it. So, yeah, that's that's the goal. So we need somebody to call in, like, now, so we can beat this goal and take the pressure off and move on with more fundraising and more amazing commentary. Oh, we also have games coming up. Oh, we do. I mean, let me tell you, I really missed Jackie and Luke last week. They were in San Diego for a conference, and we played no games. And this week we have amazing games, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk. Oh, we do have a game. We have a game right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, Coming Jackie. Up. Jackie set it up. All right. All right. So since I 
kind of dominated at, at trivia in the fall. <laughs> I'm going to run the games this, this time around. And since the Mueller report is still pretty topical, right? It's uh, pretty topical. It came out during the show last week. Is that right? We also talked about it really smartly. Good. It was great. I am. It's probably good that you didn't have Luke and I here for yeah. <laughs> discussion. Phew. Yes, if you want to talk about things smartly, you should not invite me. <laughs> okay, that's if you not a word. Dang it. If you want mispronounced names and jokes, <sighs> call me. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to share some quotes from the Mueller report or that came out during the Watergate scandal, whether it was from the Nixon tapes or other testimony. And Jen and Luke are going to have to guess where the quote came from. And if you like this game, you should call in and donate while we're playing so we know you like it. Yes, exactly. And tell us which president you like better. <laughs> Nixon or Trump? Nixon or Trump. Yes, that is uh, tell the people on the phone. They'll, they'll know what's going tell on. Tell them on the phone and we'll announce your answer on the air. All okay. right. All right, here's the first quote. I will repeat again today that no one presently employed at the White House had any involvement, awareness, or association with the case. So is, are these from the reports themselves? So the reports from the Mueller, some of them are from the Mueller report directly. The okay. Watergate reports was apparently written purposely very, like, legalese. Yeah, okay. So these are coming from either, like, the Nixon tapes or um, other quotes that came out in coverage I like of, of the Watergate scandal. Listen, I'm going with that quote being Watergate. For sure, for sure, I agree. But on a technicality, it's it because it says I today. I say okay, because yeah. I was gonna say because I don't think the Trump's White House would actually go that far in a denial. <laughs> come out and tweet and be scrambled language. Yeah. Well, and also they just don't speak to the press anymore. So no, that's true. Yeah. It was the press know. secretary uh, yeah. Ziegler during yeah. Watergate. Excellent. That's very good. Good, good start. Work. I like it because I didn't get it wrong. Hide. <laughs> All right. The evidence supports the inference that the president intended to believe that he could, intended blank to believe that he could receive a pardon, which would make cooperation with the government as a means of obtaining a lesser sentence unnecessary. Oh, crud. Can you read it one more time? Yep. The evidence supports the inference that the president intended blank to believe that he could receive a pardon, which would make cooperation with the government as a means of obtaining a lesser sentence. Oh, that is really tough because this is something both of those presidents have done. But this sounds like... Wait, will you go ahead, Luke? I'm going with Trump. I'm going with Trump. Yeah, I think it's the Mueller report. It was the Mueller report. Oh, yeah. And that was about Manafort. Yeah. So, yeah. trying to... All right. Mm, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a pardon, won't it? <laughs> Yeah. Mm, all right. All right. So here's another quote. You're telling me that Bobby Kennedy and Jack Kennedy didn't talk about investigations? <laughs> That's for sure. President Donald J. Trump. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Jen. It is. It's true. That's I'm pretty sure I heard him report. say it. <laughs> I was going to say, I almost went the other way, but that seems like a trick question. <laughs> so. a trick question. I know. I, I thought I might trip you up. It was apparently Trump said that about Session recusing himself <laughs> and thought it it was unnecessary. Because That's the Kennedys excellent. clearly talk. Yeah, clearly. All right. Um, and Bobby Kennedy didn't rec- recuse. Mm-mm. Let's be clear. Yeah. Mm. Good point. So, yeah. All right. Uh, you call them blank in, play it tough. That's the way you play it. And that's the way we are going to play it. Oh, man. That is some big boy talk. That sounds like something our president would say. So I'm going with Trump. Oh, it does sound like something Trump would play. Like they hit you, you hit them back twice as hard. But I'm actually going to go Nixon on this one. It was Nixon, just <clears throat> chief of staff, oh. um, and it was dealing with the CIA director. That's right. Oh, I'm flossing on your grave right now, Fowler. Listen, Ow. I came up with this game, and it's a big mistake because this is really hard. 
<laughs> which tells us something about American history and what's going on recently. All right, I'll give you an easy one, which is... Oh, now I'll miss it. Dang it. What about these notes? Why do you take notes? Lawyers don't take notes. I've never had a lawyer take notes. <laughs> I just finished Bob Woodward's book on Trump, and this was in that book. So I'm going with Trump, too. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed, though. It was just it's an interesting comment. Can I can we just do a little aside, though? I think there was a piece in the in the Times this week where um, some of the folks who were in the White House uh, who have since left the Trump White House have talked about how before Trump, aides and people who worked in the White House never took notes because, of course, you wouldn't want them to be subpoenaed uh, or in, as subject of investigation. But now everybody takes notes because they know they won't be there very long and they have a good, ch- good chance of being the subject of investigation. So, oh, yeah, and so switch. they want to uh, prove what they didn't do <laughs> and what they can't be blamed for? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was not very strategic last time. I knew that answer and I gave it to you, Luke. Uh, All right. Uh, you don't the killer instinct all right here's another one he's as high up as they've got he's the big enchilada hmm. i'm gonna make a guess but you go first luke no i think i think you have to go first <laughs> i went first the last two times I, and you wrote I like on my luke strategy of just following <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna go with nixon me too. Yep. It was. Yeah, it was that's part good. of the Watergate. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, uh, I wonder who he was talking about, though. Uh, this was about Earl Eichmann, who oh, did yeah. go to prison mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for Watergate-related crimes. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, um, remind our uh, listeners that uh, all the people that went to jail for Watergate crimes were involved in the cover-up mm-hmm. and not the actual crimes themselves, yep. um, which also tells us something about American history and what's happening today. Yeah, and it's an argument that folks are making against Trump now, is that he did try to cover it up, and he just had advisors who refused to do it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Also, people in prison love enchiladas, so there you have it. <laughs> well, someone claims that's where the saying "the big enchilada" comes from, <laughs> because I found this interesting article about the rhetoric used during the Watergate scandal and how it's just become part of our vernacular. Like he was the first to say it, and then it, be- it became popular. I don't. I don't know, but that was the argument. Oh, that... I hope that's true. Richard Nixon, American president and coiner of phrases. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. One final. How about one final one? Um, we have a cancer within close to the presidency. It's growing. It's growing daily. Hmm. I'm going with Trump. I'm going with Nixon. It was. It was. It was Nixon. It was, oh my uh, god! Well, I mean, it was. It was his chief of staff saying that. I guess All maybe right. we have time for one more. Yeah, we have time for one more. All right. And uh, if you haven't called in yet to uh, support the Big Tent and Radio Boise. Now's your chance to call in and vote and pick whether or not you like these Trump quotes better or these Nixon quotes. Let's hear it. (laughs) Or you can uh, tell us which ones scare you the most, whichever you prefer. (laughs) Quote, I never said fire. The story doesn't look good. You need to correct this. I go Nixon. No, that's Trump. Fire and the Fury. My God. Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Schneider, you are killing me at this game. Yeah, I may have read a lot of the Trump tell-all books that have come out. I will it's say, a form of therapy. As I was reading quotes for about the Watergate, the one of, that really stood out from the Nix, from Nixon was, what I meant is, you could get a million dollars, and you could get it in cash. I know that it can be gotten. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> that is great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. We have oh. donations. <gasps> we have two? What? Look at yes, all those donations. donations. Did, oh, please let there be some votes in there, too. All right. What do we have, Luke? All right, so we have Flo from Kansas City. Flo. That's my grandma. Way to show, Flo. It does say Grandma Flo. (laughs) Thanks, Grandma Uh, Flo. Oh, her favorite part of the show, by the way, is she gets to listen to Jackie. That is, I think, everybody. That's also my favorite part. Yeah, I think that's everybody's (laughs) favorite part of the show. Yes. Uh, We have Sandra um, from 
uh, Kansas as yep. well. My Aww. mom. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Frederick from Boise. Oh, Frederick, thank you so much. I just want to say, uh, our dear Treasure Valley listeners, that right now, Kansas is uh, mopping up. <laughs> so let's show some hometown pride. We need to make one of those GIS maps of donations and just show how uh, Kansas is just beating everybody right now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're going to create a map during this next break. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about music festivals because if you're anything like me, you have already seen that Beyonce Coachella m- movie twice. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Radio Boise, you're listening to The Big Tent. This is Greg Langston from No Alternative and the Screaming Bloody Marys. You are listening to KRBX 89.9 FM, called. Boise. This is Radio Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond. We're back on the Big Ten on Radio Boise with our special Radiothon edition. We may have already beat our record from last week, just in that last round with uh, uh, Nixon versus Trump. Yeah, that was I mean, pretty fun. Yeah, I mean that's popular stuff. Those guys are, are very sexy. Yeah. They're very like bring in the dollars kind of guys. Yeah, in um, Kansas in particular, they dug that game. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Maybe we should do that some more. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, right now, though, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, well, we've talked about Fire Festival, I think, on the show before, but we could do a quick re- recap of that. And then uh, this weekend, I was on some flights and s- that got delayed, which is the story of my life lately is to just spend so many, so many hours in airports. But the good news about that delay is that I had time to watch um, uh, Beyonce, the queen at Coachella. She put out her movie called Homecoming on Netflix. And it was one of those things where I was sitting in a busy waiting area for hours and had my headphones on. And I look like, you know, typical middle age a white lady could not stop moving in my seat. It was so amazing. She is a national treasure. Yeah, I really want to watch it. We haven't watched it yet, partly because Cooker and I together, my husband and I, have not been like both on a free night to to watch it. But I hear it's amazing, um, so I'm very excited to see it. I've not seen it either. Uh, but I think what we want to talk about <laughs> was the cultural phenomenon that are like things like culture, Coachella and stuff. Yeah, I mean, because music fest and Tree Fort in particular. I mean, these things are, are becoming, and I could talk about Firefest for hours and hours. Oh, I have hours. so, so many questions. Oh, Jackie those is, documentaries are amazing. Jackie's heard my rants on these. Um, mm-hmm. I think Luke wishes he could go back to grad school and write a dissertation on the Firefest. I would. <laughs> I really, really would, just because I'm so enamored by uh, how chaotic that was. Um, <laughs> but that's not the word that I would use to describe it uh, off air. But that's uh, neither here nor there. But so, uh, like, what do y'all think about uh, music festivals? Like, I know I went to them as a kid, but none of them seem like what's going on today with things like Coachella and even Tree Fort um, and these type of, and definitely not Firefest. Though, I could say, like, I have no sympathy for anybody that went to it because that <laughs> seemed like a terrible, terrible idea to begin with. Oh, let's just fly to the Bahamas. These people are just going to take care of us. It'll be fine. Like, no, that seems like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> well, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, um, my husband and I love music. He's a musician. We go to a, a lot of shows, and in particular when our uh, you know, we met, we went to, I think the weekend after we met, we went to Jazz Fest in New Orleans. Oh, it was wow. so fun. And as our kids were growing up, we took them to a lot of music festivals in Colorado. But it feels like so many of them are so big and so overwrought now that it just makes me want to take a nap thinking about them, like Coachella or Burning Man. They're super expensive. And then also just navigating the logistics. Um, so 
I'm just like, I'm just going to occupy my old lady who is sleepy position over here on the subject of big music festivals. I do think that's one nice thing about Tree Fort still. I mean, it's yeah. obviously grown, mm-hmm. but as someone who lives here, it's still pretty easy to get to some shows, including free, good free shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's like brings like a nice, I mean, it's noticeable more people, but it's not this kind of nuts too many people but i your luke your question's an interesting one right like why is do they seem so much more of like a big cultural event and i, I think maybe social media stuff is well their status right some. yeah I mean, it feels like they're like getting to go to that as a status thing and and which is fueled by social media i mean that was the thing with fire festival right yeah exactly uh i got asked when we were in san diego last week somebody asked if we were going to coachella and i said uh i'm not young enough to sleep in a tent and i'm not wealthy enough to rent a house there so we are <laughs> going uh but it was kind of no. i mean like it was kind of the truth like i mean it's a status symbol and i think y'all are right but it just definitely seems like so i've been to jazz fest and, and memphis in may and all these type of things but certainly you know 10 15 years ago those were just on a fundamentally different level and the number of people but also like those were principally music festivals right and so what happened is people performed and they then you know you went about your business but things like things like coachella are like little like cities and communities in themselves and they're so much more than just music it's where people go to like escape their lives and live in some type of other type of community for a few days right and Mm -hmm. it just so it's very interesting this this cultural phenomenon that that's begun to grow maybe that is what's so great about tree fort i mean I'm sure our listeners know this, but it's still pretty affordable, especially if you volunteer. You just pay 30 bucks and you get your free T-shirt and you work a few shows and you get total access to the festival. That's amazing. Um, and if you live in Boise, you can go to shows and then still sleep in your own bed at night. So it's a really cool model. You get to support a lot of local music. But even Tree Fort, it feels like it's growing really fast, oh, right? It's definitely grown since we've just since we've been mm-hmm. here. Us too, yeah. So it's interesting to think about sort of the phenomena of those and like who they're accessible to and who they're for. And and also it seems like um, so many of those big festivals are about like big, big headliners mm-hmm. just stacked one on the other. Mm-hmm. And that's going to drive prices too because you're paying talent so much. Well, and I think that's one nice thing. And the, it, I mentioned before, this was the first year I really went to Tree Fort. Um, and it was great to see all kinds of different types of bands. There's just a really good diversity. Um, and so I thought that it was just nice for experiencing new things, whereas these really big festivals, it's, it's a little different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of a little different, I mean... That's Radio Boise, right? A little different in all the right ways. Yes, and also speaking of music, Radio Boise. <laughs> yeah, we were talking last week uh, when, when Beth was on the show with me about how uh, fantastic Radio Boise is for that. So, of course, love all the public affairs uh, shows like the Big Tent, uh, but also really appreciate Radio Boise for exposing us to music that we might not normally listen to. Mm -hmm. And there's some crazy stuff on here that maybe you don't always want on the background, like while you're talking with a friend, but sometimes you do and you want to hear some things you aren't going to hear elsewhere. And I really appreciate that about, about what folks are doing. So if you also support Radio Boise, there's some excellent ways to give let's see if we can uh, beat our last segment we had three donations it'd be awesome to get a few more for the top of the hour you can call 208-258-2072 i personally think the easiest way to give is radioboise.org especially at the end of a work day your boss won't even know you're doing it <laughs> it's amazing or you can come down to the station 1020 west main street i think there's donuts out there i believe there's donuts i believe there's coffee mm-hmm. and 
uh, that we're here now. And so if you come before five o'clock, you can watch us do the amazing Big Tent Live. And that's, I mean, that's an experience unto itself, right? I mean, it's up there with Coachella being able to see us do this show. And we we have a raffle of some swag, a Boise yes. State swag. Um, additionally, if you donate, um, there are different benefits that you can receive, like T-shirts or bags or sunglasses, all kinds of fun things that you can receive as benefits as well. So I did want to give one more little peek into the oh yeah SPS School of Public Service Boise State swag bag. All of us are professors at the School of Public Service, and I think we have the best swag of any college on Boise State's campus. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to be of bold. Any, yeah. Oh, any, oh gotcha. any college at you the mean, university. Gotcha. No, I'll yeah, agree. no. How about yeah? Any university in the nation? Our swag is amazing. <laughs> Let's yeah, do you, that. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. We have some pretty amazing swag. Yeah, and so in this swag bag, in addition to the bento box, that was just for starters. I mean, I was just like wetting your appetite with that. But in addition to the bento box, we also have a little mini portable speaker emblazoned with the Boise State logo. That I mean, is, perfect for any tailgate. That is action. limited edition stuff right there. They Heck, don't sell yeah. that at retail stores. Nope. You can't get it online. This is your one it's and only It's not at Albertsons. It's yeah. not at Winco. It's not at Whole Foods. Not even at Costco. Nope. Not even at Maverick. So, this is some serious business. You can get it here and here only. But you got to call now. You got to call 208-258-2072 if you want to be entered into that drawing. And we are serious about our raffles and our drawings around here. And it's going to be super fair. Not like last year, Cook. So, you know, if you're listening, you know what that means listen if your name's cook you can still donate but if your name is a cook and you're married to one of the hosts you're probably not going to win just saying (laughs) sorry cook (laughs) so we uh we dissed on music festivals a little bit but are there are there ones that you would go to if sort of cost was no option logistics were no option what would you like to what 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 would be your perfect uh, music festival experience I can't remember the name of it right now. It's like Hinterland or something in Iowa, and they do, and it's like in a kind of a farm area with um, a lot of like bluegrass country. Oh, okay. Um, I wasn't sure where you're going with that, Jackie, but now I'm on board. Like you know, so people like Jason Isbell, Brandy Carlile, yeah. those types of people. So like that, mm-hmm. that's where I would like really love every single act. Oh, I'd love to see Brandy Carlile live. I, She's so. Amazing. I saw I, I saw her open once for uh, Cheryl Crow. We went for the Cheryl Crow. Didn't know who Brandy Carlile was. Blue, uh, yeah, was I was going to say, that's the wrong order. Oh, it was so amazing. <laughs> no offense to Cheryl Crow. She's great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Luke? Uh, well, assuming I can't go back in time and go to Firefest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I I can make it happen for you, my my friend. Well, if money was no option, I assume we're oh, going to okay. make it happen. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to, you're going to, uh, Burning Man, right? Uh, if money Burning was, Man. I, you, Luke Fowler, oh, listen, I'm go to Burning Man? Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by Burning Man. And for those that don't know, know what Burning Man is, it is in the Black Rock Desert. And right now there's nothing there, right? It's just desert, barren landscape. And then once a year, thousands of people show up and they turn it into a, a little like a surviving like art community. Um, it's all planned. It, it's just, it fascinates me how all these people just show up. They don't really use money. It's all in the barter system. <laughs> it is 
I just I am fascinated by the cultural phenomenon that is Burning Man in so many ways. I love that you just explained Burning Man to Radio Boise listeners. Yeah, they probably I know more about it. it than I. I needed it. That's awesome. That's great. Well, yeah. I just assumed that my mom's listening and she's like, "What's Burning Man?" <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. <laughs> um, so for you, it's like the cultural and political and economic experiment that is Burning Man. Yeah, that's I mean, I just to you? I, like I feel like I would not be so much interested in maybe like the shows and stuff as I just walk around and look at stuff and be like, "Wow, what is going on here?" Yeah. I'm um, just like in a daze and just walk around in circles. Yeah, it I think just I just dirty. It sounds dirty. I'm just, That's no, the problem I have. You. Yes, I like I like camping, but I don't like dust camping in the brutal, brutal sun. And also, I always end up being party mom because everybody <laughs> around me gets too drunk or does too many drugs, and I'm the responsible one. And like it's so, I'm like I could do this at home. Just take care of people. <laughs> one, uh, one, I totally am not surprised at your party, mom. Uh, listen, the uh, all the money in the world situation, rent RVs and stuff. You could really do it in a glamping type style, and that's what I imagine because I would not do it and go sleep in a tent. Oh, okay. So if it was your ideal situation, you'd be glamping in the desert. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. RVs and such. Mm-hmm. There'd be showers. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I'm done with that. Um, yeah, I would probably, uh, I'd like to go to the Weezer Fiddle Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which feels very doable. That's my scene. I like that music. Did you go to the Weezer concert? Never been. Never. Ago? Oh, that Weezer? Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> what are you? Oh, you're talking about the town Weezer. <laughs> Sorry. That was awesome. Those are real way, confused. Way different. Way different. That was such good radio right there. <laughs> yeah. No, Weezer, Idaho, which I lived in Weezer one summer when I was in college. Uh, so it has a special place in my heart, but I have not been able to make it out to that uh, I hear little it's local quite music enjoyable. festival. I think it would be amazing. I'd like, yeah, yeah I'd but I'd also like to see the band Weezer do a fiddle fest. <laughs> now I want them to be in Weezer doing a fiddle fest. God, that would blow people's minds. Weezer and Weezer. Oh, that's so meta. Yeah. Yeah. Let's suggest it. Let's. We'll we'll tweet them after the show, or if you're listening and you'd like to tweet them that the Big Tent made that recommendation, that would be great. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get to come back, we're going to talk to you a little bit more about why we love Radio Boise, why you should uh, support this radio station, and the quality program that you hear on the station, like this show, The Big Tent. Hey, I'm Anna Birch, and you're listening to Radio Boise, KRBX, Caldwell Boise, community radio for Boise and beyond. We're back on the Big Ten on Radio Boise in our special Radiothon edition. I like the way you said that. Radiothon. Listen, I've been practicing um, at home, alone, in the mirror, like Radiothon. (laughs) Um, It's very compelling. Yes. And, uh, you know, it brings us to a point that, uh, you know, if uh, our listeners are willing to donate money, we can afford to get amazing special effects and sound effects in our our show. Um, And so, you know, that's one of the the great things about community radio is that we can can do these type of things. Uh, And what I really like about the show is the opportunity to to talk to you two on a regular basis and our special guests about interesting public affairs things and you know of course during the commercial breaks make fun of Jen for various uh, <laughs> topics um listen I switched to natural deodorant <laughs> and sometimes it works and, some, and sometimes it doesn't that's all all right okay? that wasn't it's not news it's not public affairs uh, yes, and it also uh, has nothing to do with donating to Radio Boise, no, but uh, we're going to switch the subjects and say, please, please <laughs> donate to Radio Boise, or Jen will tell you more about her natural deodorant, <laughs> or sing so tunes. Those are, what, what, what's more of a threat? Call in and donate money and tell us what's a bigger threat, hearing Jen talk about her natural deodorant, <laughs> or singing show tunes on the air. And there's three ways to donate. The first is to call 258 
1-800-242-2072. Um, and there's very nice people that will talk to you and, and chat with you and take your donation. Probably the easiest way for most of us that live in the digital age is to go on to our website at RadioBoise.org, and you can just fill everything out. It'll be nice and convenient. Or if you're uh, around downtown Boise, you can stop by the Radio Boise studio at 1020 West Ala- West Main Street in the Alaska building. We're down in the basement. If you show up in the next 20 minutes, we'll be here. You can chat with us. Um, and we just got a donation from Clifton uh, in Boise. Clifton. Uh, yes, thank you, Boise Clifton. Boise representing. That well, is awesome. It's Cook. <laughs> oh, Cook. oh, I was going to leave it as Clifton. Well, it won't it be interesting if Cook wins our raffle this year? Well, no, no. Cook can't win. Clifton, though, he's oh, in the pool. Oh, Clifton can win. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Clifton. Can I also say that if you come down to 1020 West Main Street. Not only is there coffee, there's donuts, there's somebody in an amazing purple wig. I can see from here, they look fantastic. There is a little dog named Budgie who is my new therapy dog. I wish he was my new therapy dog. He's awesome and you can come and I bet if you're a nice person and not full of evil, Budgie will let you pet him. Yes, girl. Let's be clear. Pets are only for donors. Um, So, true. listen, come down here, donate a few dollars, pet a dog. Have a great day. Pick up a very yummy cookie, of which there are Yes. I didn't ask Budgie's person if he could be pet for money, but I'm assuming (laughs) that's okay. We'll see. We'll see. He'll probably do anything, but we're all really (laughs) invested in Radiothon this week, so I'm sure he's willing to take one for the team. And, you know, all of us at Radio Boise, all of the DJs, we're all volunteers, so it's really great for, you know, this this goes to support the station um, and keep us having, you know, the resources to come in and and join you all on the air. So we appreciate your support. That's right. There's not a lot of options for radio right now that aren't super corporate that aren't owned by the same five corporations that own all radio stations across the nation uh shout out to npr we love them uh boise public radio as well but this is a chance to really support community supported community generated radio people keep this radio station open because they love what we do and this is your chance to do that as well and now we've got another another game where uh, we're going to ask some public opinion um, questions of Jen and Luke. See how well they can gauge yeah, Luke, public it's, opinion. Uh, you get to have a comeback. I'm not good at numbers, so perhaps you'll have a chance, kind sir. And yes, I'm, I'm not going to talk uh, a lot of trash right now in case I get beat. I don't want to make mm. it worse. <laughs> and I'll give you a margin of error, right? A few points. I don't expect you to be like... What does margin of error mean, please? So, like, <laughs> if you're within, like, five percentage points oh we have to guess the number okay explain the game jackie what are we doing (laughs) all right i'm going to um present some some either public opinion like just you know for example what percentage of adults do you think say protecting the environment should be a top priority for our national government now, just to be clear, Jen, this is on a scale from zero to a hundred. Okay. So okay. thank you for can't, that clarification. Can't have more than a hundred percent when this just to help you out. Okay. But I should have kept that to myself. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Luke. What's your answer? Uh, so recent poll. Yes, this came out like this week or last week. Uh, I'm gonna go with sixty-eight percent. Okay. I, I, so what's interesting is if you ask people to sort of rank what issues are important, environment's always at the bottom. But when you ask them this question, they tend to rank it very high. So I was going to say 72. So it's 56%. Oh, no. Come on, America. I, look, I win because I got closest, right? Guess what? I may be wrong, <laughs> but do you know who's really wrong? America. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Some commentary there. there with our... Uh... All right. Okay. All right. So All right. I'll give you that one, Fowler. What Boom. percentage of Americans are in favor of legalizing marijuana? All the Americans. All the Americans. 
interestingly. I so, feel like Luke might have looked this up in, uh, in advance. So go ahead, Luke. No, no, I did not look this up in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just using logic. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 55%. Okay. Google, are you listening to that? This is how somebody's, you just use logic and then he just blurted out the number. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alexa, how many people like smoking pot? <laughs> um, this is a tough one because, again, there was a study that came out, what we talked about it a week or two ago, that showed that there's lots of folks who are actually sort of liberal more libertine types who oppose pot, but there's so many people who smoke it. So thinking out loud, thinking out loud, I am going to go, I'll, I'll go higher than you again, Luke, and go like 65. So it was 62%. So oh my gosh. Yes. Interesting. The straight edge wins. And this was from Pew. There's an interesting gender breakdown where mm. men are 68% approved, women 56 like approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting it difference. It is interesting. It's all those moms out there who know they're going to have to deal with their pothead husband. So look, what messed me up in there is I assumed that people that were stoned wouldn't have responded to the survey <laughs> clearly i was wrong <laughs> well as party mom i knew the answer to that well of course <laughs> right now <laughs> all right um let's see what do you think the percentage of the population is that says talking politics with those on the other side is stressful Ooh, yeah, i think you gotta go first do we only go to 100 <laughs> i think it's gonna be so high i think it's gonna be like 83 oh i'm gonna go 90 so it's fifty three percent, which what? I kind of feel like people must be underreporting that on that. That is so interesting. Yeah, I don't believe that. What's really interesting is it's like it's really high for Democrats and, and a little bit lower for Republicans. Oh yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, it's in those moments when I have to talk politics with the other side that my natural deodorant issues really <laughs> come to the fore. No, I'm kidding. I did think it would be higher, but I think I still won that one, Luke. Yes, mm, I'll give it to you. You did, okay, yeah, good. Pretty um, sure I might be leading actually at this point. I, I think you are. I mean, I'm um, just stating a fact. I'm not trying. Listen, to Listen, I'll tell you when I pitched these games to Jackie, I was like, you know, let's find stuff that Jackie or uh, Jen might actually win at because she clearly can't do trivia. No, so. yeah, trivia. I have trauma around yeah. not right. doing trivia. What about the current approval of Russia? Ooh. <laughs> or what maybe a dumb disapproval question. might be. <laughs> oh, so which do you want? Oh, because if it can be approval or disapproval, I'm going to say fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just pure logic, pure deduction. <laughs> Let's say, what percentage of Americans disapprove of Russia? Disapprove Ooh, of Russia. Disapprove I, Russia. So it's confusing because there's this whole, I think, surge on the right that is so weird around sort of, you know, Russia files now. But I'm still going to say most Americans disapprove of Russia. I'm, I'm going to put it at like 60, 69. God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to go 72. It's 73. Oh, oh my Shazam. God. And Shazam. interesting, like in the er, like around 2010, 2011, it gone down to like f- about about 50% approved, 50% disapproved, but it's disapproval's gone real up. Oh, that's right. I'm proud of us for getting that close. I think you just played strategy there, but that was Yes, good. no, I was definitely, close. I knew it was somewhere in there. Right? Yeah, good on us. All See, right. professors are not all terrible. Well, what percentage <laughs> of people believe in ghosts? Is this a national survey? Because, <laughs> yes, okay. it is. Because I'm just saying, it feels like in New Orleans, this, <laughs> might, this might skew some stuff. But all right, pr- believe in ghosts. I think it's higher than we want to believe. Yeah, I think it's going to be weirdly, uh, like, un- uncomfortably high. Okay, you go first this time. Oh, God. I'm going to go with 28%. Okay. Oh, I was going to say 23 
It is 45%. Ooh, another W. And, you know, I don't know how the question was worded if it, you know, so maybe it opens up a little bit. But in a different survey, 30% of people are okay living in a haunted house. My God. Hmm. (laughs) Which is interesting. No, no. I'll tell you this. This is more interesting. Uh, The state of Mississippi has a law that says if you're selling a haunted house, you have to disclose (laughs) it at the time of sale. Are you kidding me? And there's actually a lot of uh, states that have laws like that. So it is. The more I hear about the South, the more I think that that's really where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I think you would fit in well. <laughs> You'd be the kooky old lady All right. that hangs out there. I think we there's have time pl- for one more. Every southern town has one kooky crazy lady it that's kind of out sure there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right. I think we're tied, too, so this is for the game. All right. Not, uh, not that we've been keeping score. <laughs> what percent of Americans believe that hot dogs are a sandwich? Oh, my God. This is... Which, if you is... don't know, is actually a big debate on whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. I feel like this is regional. I feel like back east people might think of hot dogs as sandwiches. About here, you get you get hurt if you say it's a sandwich. <laughs> Jen, mm-hmm. you gonna? Dang, what percentage of people think hot dogs are sandwiches? Ugh, ugh. I mean, I grew up in Idaho, so it's, I have no sense. How about um? How about fifty-six? Believe it is a sandwich. They do. I'm gonna go with forty-six. It was thirty-three percent. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I believe Fowler, you eat that one out. Oh, then we're we're tied in the tri- in the the games this time. Oh, God. match against match. Uh, All right, Serious. so everybody will have to tune in and wait for the fall radiothon when we will again be raising money for this great community radio station, and then me and Jen can settle our score. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But in the meanwhile, if you're listening during this radiothon, you have an amazing opportunity to pitch in and support Radio Boise. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. You could call 208-258-2072. Amen. And yeah, (laughs) nice. (laughs) That's great. Very good. You could call, you could ask to talk to Budgie the dog, and he's so nice. He will listen to any of your problems for a small fee, which could also count as your donation. You could also do the easy thing and go to radioboise.org. We love those. And we would love your feedback on anything you've heard on the uh, show today. We're still interested in your Nixon v. Trump thoughts. Uh, We'd like to know about your overs and unders on these percentages. If you want to argue about those, leave us a a comment. Uh, But just go to radioboise.org. You can make a one-time donation. We do love those sustaining donations. And there's some amazing swag that Radio Boise is offering this year. I don't know if you all have seen it. They have some beautiful artist-designed tees, sweatshirts. The hats are sick. They're great. Um, and you can also come down to 1020 West Main Street and uh, and say hello to us. And if you run down here real quick, we'll let you do the drawing for the raffle for the amazing School of Public Service swag yes. and Jen stakes her reputation on this being the best swag of any school in Boise State or in the Treasure Valley area. I mean, yeah, let's go. Tre- let's go Idaho. All right, all I of mean, Idaho. I mentioned there's a bento box in there. I mentioned that there's little wireless speaker, little mini that you can take to whatever party. Or if you're like on the scooter going around town, you could just have that little speaker there and be uh, blasting your tunes. And I will also say there's a pair of glorious School of Public Service bright orange 
sunglasses, which are, that's my favorite swag. I know it sounds like not that exciting, but these are amazing sunglasses. I love them. I wear them all the time. So if you call and donate now at any amount, you will be entered into our raffle. You get to represent Boise State Broncos and School of Public Service. So give us a call now, 208-258-2072. So I think we may be moving on to our Florida man stories. Okay. If anybody's unaware of the cultural phenomenon that is Florida man, anybody that reads the news, uh, all the crazy stuff always starts with a Florida man did and then it is something insane that you don't quite believe. Can I share an example that I particularly liked? Yes, please. From recently? <laughs> Florida man arrested at Olive Garden after eating handfuls of pasta. <laughs> A drunk man was sitting outside Olive Garden. Listen, most of these stories involve some type of drug or alcohol. Wait, I don't understand. So this human was at Olive Garden, but not in the restaurant. They were outside. <laughs> Eating handfuls of pasta. And they had no silverware. Well, it was I like don't a, know. I don't, I, handfuls might be a measurement. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Why is that news? Why? That is a solid question. <laughs> that is an excellent Because if you Florida get arrested, story. it goes in the news. <laughs> All right. Well, my Florida man story is it's not a great one for radio because there's really important visuals, but I'll try to set it up for you. Okay. So if you can imagine uh, this headline... Florida man squirrel selfie gone wrong. Okay, <laughs> that's the headline. And what I need you to visualize right now while you're in your car or hanging out at home is a, a really cute selfie of like a young, clean shaven white guy. He's like got a big happy smile in the back. There's like beautiful, he's like in the forest or something. And on the to, to his right is a little squirrel who's smiling and the mo- actually his mom this guy's mom is taking this picture so it's so cute because the little squirrel's like yeah let's get our picture taken okay so that's the first frame and then the second frame you see that things are starting to go slightly awry like the squirrel is like swiping at something in the guy's hand right like all of a sudden we get the sense that maybe this isn't the nicest <laughs> squirrel in the world okay so that's the second picture and then <laughs> The third picture, all you see is the guy maybe 20 feet away running as fast as he can with a squirrel attached to his back like full flying squirrel (laughs) mode. It turns out that both the squirrel and the man are okay. The squirrel was not rabbit. And of course, there's a serious undertone to this, which is like, don't take pictures with wildlife, (laughs) everyone. Uh, But that was very fun. I like that a lot. All right. And you know what? It taught us all a lesson, too, Janet. And that's the oh, important huh? Yes, about taking pictures with wildlife. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is my, my favorite one. Though my uh, wife told me when I told her we are going to do this segment that I wasn't allowed to use any story that involved her father. So Is she from Florida? Your yes. Wife? Yeah, that's yes. what I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure uh, he'll get a kick out of this. But this doesn't involve him, but uh, this is my favorite one. Florida man threatens to kill man with kindness. She uses machete <laughs> named kindness. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like that because it's very clever and very, like, clearly pretty <laughs> meditated he's like i'm gonna kill you with kindness and the guy's like oh that's and then uh machete so um that's very clever i, I appreciate his his thought into the situation can we be clear though if someone's coming at you and they're like i'm gonna kill you with kindness they probably don't actually <laughs> mean that yeah but it's a little disarming right yeah it's nice it's nice it feels that feels like a line out of a scene in pulp fiction oh uh, yeah no no yeah. i could see that being mm-hmm. a quentin tarantino movie mm-hmm. at some point for sure yeah, yeah. I like that. no that yeah i can see that i mean there are just uh, i i mean there's so many there's so many there's websites and, devoted and, to them and to be fair like some of them are actually quite sad and they're you know clearly there's violence 
violence involved and things. Um, <laughs> and this one is violent <laughs> as well. But it's Florida man in Easter Bunny costume caught in viral viral brawl is wanted in New Jersey. Because <laughs> he, a man, in a, a Florida man. And a bunny costume got in a big fight in New Jersey. Yeah, I feel like there's so many pieces I have to put together. Like, why were you in the Easter Bunny costume? Mm-hmm. How did you get in the brawl? <laughs> what were you doing in New Jersey? Yep. I feel like Easter Bunny and brawl are probably connected somehow. You do? Yeah. How are you raised? <laughs> in America? How are you raised? <laughs> The Easter Bunny in a brawl. All right, I like it. I like Here, that you have to connect some dots on that. Here's a nice one, though. Ma- Florida man named Miracle saves woman who plunged into a creek. God's work. Aw, well, her name was God's work? No, it was oh. just a commentary oh. on on Mr. Miracle. I like that. That feels woman. like a BuzzFeed headline to me. <laughs> That's good. God's work. Uh-huh. Very good. Well, thank you so much for thinking of these amazing games. You two, you are the heart and soul of this show, obviously. <laughs> I'm so glad you're back. Um, I, it feels to me... Like, it might be time to do some raffling, raffle drawing. Do some raffle. Do you think we can train Budgie real quick to do the raffle draw? Oh or do you my think gosh, that would be you, you don't think we have enough time? Or oh, I don't know. I'll talk to him about it for next time. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we, we have a couple months till the next radio yeah. time. But okay. Jackie, you want to do the honors of the raffle? Well, I think I have a conflict of interest, seeing as some of the donors mm. are related. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and to... also, to be clear, in case you weren't listening last radiothon, uh, C- Clifton uh, won the raffle, and then I said, "No, he can't win it because he's Jackie's husband." But this year we won't do that. So fingers crossed for you, Clifton. <gasps> so much wrong, Frederick. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. So if your name is Frederick and you donated during the show, you just won some amazing School of Public Swag. Way to go, so, Fred. I, he's been asking for that SBS swag for a while, so I'm pretty excited for him. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm going to cool. assume Jen's going to hook you up with that. Yeah, I'll put it on my to-do list. Yeah, you're uh, welcome to uh, track her down on Twitter or email, even go by her office, whatever you need yes, to do. Yes, track me down on Twitter, yes. and I'll get back to you in six months <laughs> <laughs> when I'm laid, laid over and on an airport somewhere. Our social media skills aren't the, the greatest. Well, listen, we want to take you out by trying to talk you into uh, giving here to Radio Boise and supporting the good work um, that we do here at Community Radio. Of course, we love public affairs shows. There's so much uh, great stuff happening, but we also have amazing music programming, wonderful voices here at Radio Boise that we listen to all the time. We hope you do too. And so if this is something you believe in, now's the time. Uh, to donate. And your donations definitely make a difference here. It's community-driven radio. helps us stay on the air. It helps, you know, fix issues that come along. So we appreciate the support for keeping us here. And, like, you know, we've all mentioned that we love getting to come here and, and have conversations and, and hopefully provide some insight into current events um, and, and different political developments. And so please um, support the radio. Help us um, keep on the air. And I'll just uh, remind our listeners that, you know, we're volunteers volunteers here on the radio so we week in and week out uh, donate our time and all we we want you to do is donate a little money to help you know keep this equipment running um, keep the air conditioner working particularly in the hot summer um, keep Wayne paid so he can uh, help us when we mess stuff up um, so all 